Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you the Holy Spirit promises to be here to help us to understand it. And as we open it, God, remove all distractions so we can focus and sit at your feet. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Wow, it's so good. It's been five weeks. We started this sermon series the first Sunday in January. And do you remember why we were doing this, this focus series? Well, last year was crazy. And it's kind of spilled into this year. It's so easy for us to focus on COVID, on health, politics, jobs, finance, you name it, you put it in there and we can get all wrapped up and get all nervous and fearful real quick because we're focusing on things that can rile us up. But how good it would be to focus on God. And we chose a text that basically has him describing for us in the first time in the Old Testament, the descriptions of who he is. So I asked you that first week, if you were with us on January 3rd, to actually memorize this section. How's it going? I'm gonna call on, no, I won't do that. Remember, I'm blonde, it's hard for me to memorize stuff. I think I have it, and then all of a sudden, oh wow, it's a different uh, translation, you name it. Yeah, so we're just gonna look real quickly again at this Exodus chapter 34. It says, and he passed right in front of Moses. This is God proclaiming that the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God is slow to anger, abounding, in gracious, or compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness. And so I'm just gonna pause right there at that. So we started off talking about his characteristics. Pastor John and Jet did a great job of talking specifically about God's compassion, that he was slow to anger. And last week, Jet got the, uh, the big, the short straw, if you will, having to talk about justice, right? And how God exacts justice, and he did a great job. Well, today we're gonna talk about this phrase right there about God, uh, go back please, about his abounding in love and faithfulness. That's gonna, so it's not at the end of our reading, but it's right there at the beginning, and it's super, super important. In fact, what we're gonna do today is we're gonna talk about that in such a way that uh, hopefully it will be a new, new understanding for you. You often see this phrase in Scripture in the Old Testament as translated as steadfast love, right? There's a psalm, a couple psalms, that if you go through the psalms, it'll say this about God and says, his steadfast love endures forever. This about God, his steadfast love endures forever. I remember the first time reading it as a kid, I'm like, this guy's a mess, whoever wrote this, right? Probably King David. He keeps repeating the same thing. Why is he repeating it? So blondes like me can remember it. His steadfast love endures forever. The word there is hesed. Can you say hesed? Yeah, it's a great word, hesed. This is your hot tub talk word for the month, okay? Anybody learn about hesed? What is that, man? Yeah, hesed. So hesed equals loyal love. And I think that's the best translation we can use instead of steadfast, because we don't go around saying, I steadfastly love you, honey. But we sure do talk about or else expect loyalty. Loyal love. And I just want to address this as we, as we jump out of the gate here. When you hear the word loyal connected to love, some of you had a bad taste in your mouth. You might have experienced at a low level, mid-level, really strong, someone who said they would be loyal to you and they weren't. Or you might have been on the giving end of that game where you're like, oh man, I don't like to talk about loyalty. Well, no matter where you're at there, you're in a good place today because what we are gonna do is we're gonna focus on perfect loyal love and that's from God. And then we're gonna see how that oozes 
into the lives of ordinary people like you and me. Because that's really what God wants to do. He wants to bring healing to you. He wants you to experience fullness and wholeness. He wants you to experience his hesed, his loyal love. In fact, when you look at the word hesed, loyal love, in the Old Testament, it's used just shy of 250 times. And 75% of those times, it's used about God loving us. 25% that leaves is about people either loving God or loving mostly other people with a loyal love. Question for you. Have you ever experienced love like this? Have you ever known a love like this? One way to, to kind of to grasp what this love is like is, is a picture like this. This is a couple been married, you would think, a long, long time. And every couple of years, it'll come across the news. You'll, you'll see, oh, wow, there's a couple married like 60 or 70 years, maybe like 67 years. And the, the wife is sick, her, her mind is going, and the husband is so faithful. He'll go to the nursing home every day. I know every single one of you husbands in your 40s and 50s right now, you're like, that's what I'm going to do. Right? They're probably, I hope they do that for me. Anyway, like... The husband goes, he's faithful. He might not be able to do a lot, but he's there reading scriptures, singing to her. And she's probably like, stop singing, it's terrible. But he's loving on her until the end. That's Hesed love. And it's, it's no accident that God describes in the Old Testament and New Testament as, his, as God being the groom and his church, that's us, being the bride. In fact, you'll even read in the New Testament, we are the bride of Christ. So if you want to get a picture in your head what, what God's loyal love is, that was it. That was it. So have you known one like this? Have you even come close to experiencing a love like this? I, I hope you have. And, and, and here's a reminder so that you can live in grace right now. We are messed up people. Believe this or not, we are not perfect. You'd agree with me. Everybody around us, including ourselves, we need grace every day because we mess up. Yet, when we look at those around us, we look at them and think that you gotta be perfect. I, you told me you would do this. You gotta give me that loyal love. And yet, they're human. They make mistakes. We're human. We make mistakes. So when we talk about this hesed loyal love, it is the grace we have to other people. We receive it perfectly from God. And how do we interact together with it? In fact, in the Old Testament, we are left with specifically this word giving us example after example of how people interact this way. In Genesis 47, for instance, you have Joseph who is betrayed by all his brothers. Finally, they all come back after a famine. You name it, he takes care of them. His father, Jacob, is there dying. And what does Jacob said? say to his son, Joseph? Show me hesed. Show me loyal love by taking my bones when y'all leave Egypt and putting them with our family in the family graves, gravesite. And you know what? Later on, down the, down the way, family, is the loyal love happens. And they, they, they show him hesed love, even though he's been passed for a while. You get another example with a common one you may have, have heard about, a lady named Ruth. Great story of Hesed love in the Old Testament. Ruth is a Moabite. She's not even an Israelite. 
she marries into the Israelite families. And Naomi, her mother-in-law, and Ruth are stuck here because uh, the husband dies, their husbands die, it's just the ladies left. And Naomi says, Ruth, I'm not gonna have any more kids and you wouldn't wait for them to be grown. Why don't you just go and do your thing? And she says, no, no, I'm gonna stay with you. And, and the Bible tells us that she shows Naomi hesed love, loyal love. And, and it's that phrase that she says that, that you may have heard before. You might recall, where you go, I will go. And she sticks with Naomi. That's hesed, loyal love. We're gonna see it again today. In some scripture we're gonna look at, we're gonna look at a couple verses in 1 Samuel chapter 20, and then look at about 13 verses in 2 Samuel. So hold on, we're gonna finish in the New Testament. We're gonna be all over scripture, but we're gonna get deep into it as well because this is super important. If you wanna focus on how you can like maintain sanity in your heart and feel loved this year, this is a good closing thought for the Focus series. So loyal love happens, and this is gonna be pretty obvious to you, but I need to say it. Loyal love happens within the context of a relationship. In the context of a relationship. Because think about it, to, to share love back and forth, you need two entities. Sure, you can go on a mountain and love yourself, but if there's anything that COVID has shown us with masks, is that sometimes we don't love our breath. You're like, I'm tired of my breath, let alone my personality. But it happens in relationships. And it starts with God. And then when you receive it from God, you can choose to share that with other people. And today we're gonna look at an example from King David. Now you might recall, or this might be the first time you're hearing this. In the Old Testament, everybody around Israel had kings. And all of a sudden, they went to God and they told the Samuel, the prophet, say, tell God, we want a king like everybody else. And God's like, hey, it's gonna have all these problems. He's gonna like take the best from you and taxes and everything. We want a king. So God told Samuel, go get this guy named Saul. Saul was a handsome big guy. They say he was, you know, taller than everybody else. He stood up above the crowd. He started off really, really, really well. And then it doesn't take too far in, into the Bible to realize that Saul was a mess. When God said, do this, he did that. When God said, stop, he went. When God said, destroy, he's like, I'm gonna keep the best of it for me and the guys. In fact, it didn't take God long to realize, you know what, uh, we're gonna remove this guy. And, and it happened, it was like Daniel 2 coming alive, where Daniel 2 says that God raises kings up and God deposes kings. Does that give you any comfort? Anyway, God raises kings up and he deposes kings. And so this is what happened with Saul. He says, Saul's done. He's going to be king for a little bit longer, but I'm going to find someone else. He tells the prophet Samuel, go and find. He goes to Bethlehem. He finds David, who is anointed. That means he's, he's anointed to be king, but he's not king yet. And in the process, Saul gets jealous because David is very successful in victories. Everybody's like, oh, look what David did. He killed thousands or ten thousands, and Saul only a thousand. He gets real jealous. In fact, a few times it tells us that he even got so mad in his head, he took a javelin and tried to, to pin David against the wall and kill him. This Bible tells us that he would actually go around looking for David, trying to kill him. So where does David and this Hesed love fit in? Saul's firstborn son, his name was Jonathan. 
And if you know anything about royalty, king stuff, usually if the king dies, who gets the throne? The firstborn son. This would have been Jonathan. Well, Jonathan quickly realizes his dad's a little, woo. That's dangerous. God is done with him. He's acting a fool. And David is the one anointed. And the Bible tells us that, that David and Jonathan became such good friends that their souls were knit together. They were best friends, good buds. We see story after story like that. Well, it comes a day that Jonathan realizes he reads the writing on the wall that I have to warn David because Saul's gonna be after him. David's gonna take off. I don't know if I will see David if I live that much longer. Who knows what's, what my dad would do? You never know, right? And here's the verses, and it's twice Hesed love is used here. Here's what Jonathan, who knows David's gonna rise, says to Jonathan. He says, but show me unfailing kindness, that's Hesed right there, loyal love, like the Lord's loyal love as long as I live so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your hesed, your loyal love from my family, David, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. Like I know, David, that you're gonna be successful. I know you're gonna have a time of peace. I know that you're gonna have all your enemies, including my dad, Saul, gone. And when that comes, please just loyally love my family. You can identify with that. If you had an insight on David like that, you'd say, hey man, I've done my best. I'm warning you, but can you please love my family well? It happens in context of relationship. But here, here it gets better. Loyal love has to be enduring. That's by definition, loyal love is enduring. And so here's why we know and we experience David showing this hesed. Here's what happens. 2 Samuel 9, 1 through 8. Now notice, you might have just skimmed over these, these verses as they were read by Linda. Linda, you did a great job. Um, man, when I picked some of these readings, I'm like, oh, we were at worship this week on Tuesday. We're like, who gets to do the readings? And the writer, I mean, used Mephibosheth like 18,000 times. Like, we get the name already. You just put a big M. Anybody have Mephibosheth in their family? That would be a very cool name. Yeah, Mephibosheth. Anyway, listen to these first couple things. And Ziba, where did, where did these come from? Okay. First couple verses. David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Why would he be asking if there's anybody left? If Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, was still alive. If Mephibosheth, the Bible tells us, was of the age where he actually had kids himself. My friends, this had to be a generation and a half that has passed. Maybe about 25, 30 years. If David had to ask this, here's what happened. When Mephibosheth was five, and all sorts of everything started just breaking loose against Saul and Jonathan. Ah, swords are flying. The Bible tells us that his nurse picked Mephibosheth up and she was running with him and she fell. And that's why his leg, he was lame as an adult. His legs broke and they couldn't, you know, couldn't fix it. Probably from that time at five years old, he was in hiding. 
And the rest of this part right here will tell us that, that Ziba was like, yeah, there's one left. His name is Mephibosheth, and he's in so-and-so's house in, in La Dabar. And so for all these years, decades, Mephibosheth thought, man, I'm, I'm out of here. Because what happens, you know this, it happens. Even in Europe, it happened a couple hundred years ago. I mean, this is what would happen. If there's any heir to the throne that is left and a new king is there, you wipe out anybody who could possibly come against you and take the throne. So you got to imagine when David summoned him, M, M was thinking, oh man, I've been doing good hiding, but he's finally found me. This is it. Goodbye, family. So he goes to the king's palace. He was pleasantly surprised. Look at verse six. It says, when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth. At your service, he replied in verse seven. I love this. He says, don't be afraid, for I will surely show you hesed for the sake of your father, Jonathan. This is a relationship. Your dad and I had that hess of love, loyal love. And all these years later, because of your father, I'm gonna show you this love and I will restore to you all of the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. That's pretty sweet. High cholesterol, getting chubby. I mean, uh, I was thinking, if you're eating, the, 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 that's what I'm thinking. That's good stuff, but I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. He's taken care of. Hesed love. Loyal love is merciful, it's generous, and it's unconditional. And I'm not making this up. This is just what was read to you. He was merciful by not giving in a societal, secular sense what Mephibosheth deserved, right? Because the world would say, get rid of him. He's an enemy. Merciful. Not giving someone what they deserve, but giving them what they don't deserve. He was extremely generous. Don't just restore his lands, but let him eat at my house, at my table like he's my son. And you know what? It was unconditional love. There is nothing this man could have done to gain David's favor at this time. Yet David unconditionally loved him because of what the father had done. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound like anybody you know? I mean, think about this. You don't have a King David, but you have a King Jesus. You have a king that there may have been times that you felt lame and unworthy and fearful, and so you hide from him. Your ancestors may have done stuff that you go to that Exodus 34 and think, well, I got a messed up family I come from. Surely the king couldn't love me. And so you do a little bit more hiding. And maybe you come to him out of fear and say, well, I'm at your service, but I don't know what to do. The king says, don't do anything. I have hesed love for you. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. In fact, loyal love starts with you when Jesus enters your life. And some of you are like, oh, he entered my life at my baptism when I was uh, like eight, eight days old. Okay, that's true. 
But if you ever experience shame, a lack of loyal love, whether you're giving it or taking it or receiving it, you need more Jesus because that's what he's all about. He came as our loyal, loving king. Before, I love this, it was way before you were born. There's nothing we can do to deserve it. It's merciful, it's generous, it's unconditional. It's God saying to, to Moses, I have steadfast, hesed, loyal love, and I wanna show you what it looks like on the cross of Jesus Christ right here. This is my son, and I'm showing you loyal love through him. You might be all over the place today. You're like, ah, I don't know. I just, I just can't swallow this loyal love because the world doesn't work this way. The world has conditions on everything it wants from you and everything it gives you, it's conditional. And yet Jesus is unconditional. I'm your king. I'll give you loyal love. And I just wanna kind of close out this story before I go back to Jesus. If you read further in 2 Samuel, you're gonna find that Ziba, who is the head guy who connected David and Mephibosheth, Ziba, kind of pulls a fast one. And he tells David later, hey, here's some supplies I know you need because your son is revolting against you, Absalom. And as your son revolts, Mephibosheth is taking his side. A little bit later in scripture, Mephibosheth finally gets on a donkey somehow and he goes to David, he says, no, that's not true. I collected these things for you and Ziba knocked me off the donkey. And I'm the one that's loyal to you. Ziba isn't. Scripture never really kind of comes down each way. We don't know which one is. I would probably, I would hope to believe Mephibosheth. But let's just say this. David lays it out there knowing it's a risk. He was loved by God. Now he's gonna lay out that loyal love to somebody knowing that they could, they could betray him. That's the kind of life God calls us to. We're not, we're not ignorant and foolish and don't just like pour, but, but what he says, take that risk. Take that risk because that's what I call you to do in relationship is to, to loyally love other people. In fact, that's what David was doing in this time period. He, he was ready to build something big for God. I'm not only gonna build something big for God, but God loved me so much, I wanna show that to somebody else. So as you move forward, here's three things to wrestle with at the end of this sermon series, talking about loyalty. Do you believe God loves you this way? Whenever you have self-doubt, kind of self-hate, you're like, I don't like myself today. It's really hard to think God loves you like he does, but he does. That's when you need it the most. Believe God loves you this way. That's it's what the cross is all about. The next one is this. Have you actually experienced this? If you experienced loyal love from God, that's awesome. If you experience it from somebody else, you are blessed. And finally, if that's the case, if you get it, share it. Share it with the one around you. Share it with your family. Take the risk. Life is worth the risk to say, I've been hurt. God has healed me. God will always loyally love me and now I get to love this person as well. If nothing else, go back to Exodus 34 this week to where we started and go look and say, this is what I wanna focus on. I wanna focus not on all the negative coming at me, not on the, the things that are so fleeting in this world. 
I wanna focus on God's hesed, his loyal love, and let that fill me and be my focus for 2021.